Walgreens, but for us guys, it's Home Depot, right? <laughs> so when we go to Home Depot, I go with one thing to get, and I come out with a whole bunch of stuff. So pretty sure that's true for all the guys. At least it is for John over there when I was talking to him earlier. You go to Home Depot and just drop me off here for a couple of hours. I'm, I'm good to go. Praise the Lord. I want to announce tonight that Bridget, I probably, I'm not, I'm going to try not to cry. So she always comes up to me and says, love it when you bring the word because you always cry. And it's true, I do. <laughs> try not to, but. So I'm glad you're here tonight. Thank you. You're an encouragement to me. Well, praise the Lord. Um, I uh, want to start off tonight by saying, uh, quoting Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says the secret things belong to the Lord. Amen? Amen? But the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever. Amen? Amen? And so if we think about all of the things that have been revealed to us through our walk with Jesus Christ over the years and even the generations, going back even into the early days. All of that that has been revealed belongs to us. Amen? Amen? But the things that have not been revealed, the secret things, belong to God. And God is busy about releasing those things in their due time. For His Word says there's a season and a timing for all things under the sun. Amen? As the things in this world continue to unfold, right? We heard last night even. Um, I want this time for you to be an anchor. I want this time to you for you to be something that you look back on and remember as an anchor for your soul. You know, the times are being accelerated. We've already heard that tonight. They're being intentional. And they're providing every opportunity to empower his people drawing us to a closer and more intimate relationship. But we overcome, and we're not just overcomers, amen? amen. We're more than conquerors according to the Word of God. You know, we're taking the passion that He's pouring into our hearts tonight. We're taking the focus, resolve and praying with, in such focused of power. You know, His grace is enormous, in periods like we're in right now. His grace being defined as the enablement to do what His Word demands of us as the sons of God. Amen? You know, Joel, Joel prophesied about the days that we're in right now. In Joel 2.27, he says, Ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. And that I am the Lord God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions, also upon the servants and on the maidservants. And in those days, he said, and declares throughout all of heaven, I will pour out my Spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke, almost like it was with the Israelites coming out of Egypt, where they learned to follow the cloud 
and the pillar. Amen? He said, and the, the blood and fire and pillars of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day to come. And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord, that one, that individual, that living person shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord said. And in the remnant, in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. It's interesting that it's the great and terrible at the very same time. For some, it's going to be a terrible, horrific explosion of an experience. But others, the days are going to be so exciting and vibrant because you're going to see people coming up out of the grave at the last trumpet call. Amen? You're going to see the fulfillment of the prophecies of the ages gone by become and be at your fingertips in your experience. When God gives you His vision for your life, a dream or a prophecy, or conviction, according to the Word of God, nothing can separate you from that Word. Not even looks, not even if it looks hopeless through years of discouragement and unfulfilled experience, the tests will come. But according to the last word in Revelation, the overcomers are the ones who make it to the end. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So I want you to remember the days that we're walking in. I want you to remember these days, and it would be good if you would take notes and put them someplace nearby where you sleep. And when you close your eyes from a discouraging day, pick up the notes and rehearse this this season of time that we're in. Because grace is being poured out. And when you tap into that grace, the enablement to do what the Word demands, you end up being a faithful overcomer more and more. He said we're more than conquerors. So it's not his plan just to squeak you by to get to the end. It's not his plan to give you a tiny little plot of land in the kingdom of heaven way out in the back. It's not his plan. He said you're more than conquerors. These are the days of Romans 8.28, which is one of my life favorite scriptures, where all things are used for good for those who love God and are called according to His purposes. All things. So it doesn't really matter how you perceive your own failures or your own insecurities or your own falling short. According to the Word of God, all things are going to be used for good to demonstrate His love for creation. His passion that He has for you. The story would impact, the the world events are being, did you know that the world events right now are being put in place in order for one purpose? We look and see what's going on throughout the earth. 
Wars and rumors of wars and famines in every single nation, unprecedented as any other time in the history. Fires and floods. We just experienced in northern New England a summer unlike any other summer. And we've had Hurricane Irene and different storms come through. But this summer was a summer of rain about every three days. And where I live, it was washing out roads and destroying properties. We watched the bridge that's being built just not far from our sanctuary be washed out three or four times as they were trying to build the pillars down in the bedrock of the river. Wherever you are on the earth, these are unprecedented times. But did you know that all of these things are put in order for a reason? And that reason is to reveal who the sons of God really are. To reveal the love and the power of His name. You see, God isn't shaken by any of the events on the earth. He's orchestrating some of those events to bring you to your highest capacity, to your highest good, and He's providing the grace for you to be enabled to do it. That story is told in Genesis chapter 37. It's one of my favorite chapters. It tells of a young man who, this story would, he he had a couple of dreams, and that story would not only impact him as he had the vision and the sight for and the hope, and the, and the witness within himself. He was so excited. There was starvation on a global platform that was going to take place, and in God's heart, this man was going to be the answer to that catastrophe. Joseph was used in a strategy that would not only feed the nations, but reunite a family called by God's name. In our day, the same is happening in that the sons are being used to reveal the fresh bread from heaven that transforms the structural church and enables them to walk in the spiritual places. Developing the maturity that reveals the bride of Christ, the pointing the way of righteousness that glorifies the Father. Amen. Amen. Do you feel different in your walk? Do you feel different from your siblings? Do you sometimes struggle to fit in? I did in my family. I wasn't like my other two brothers. I was constantly struggling with how do I be normal? Do you find some of your relationships in your immediate family hard and awkward and you're misunderstood and sometimes you're misrepresented? Sometimes you're judged falsely. Sometimes you're minimized or belittled. Has anybody ever felt that way? The story of Joseph is playing out in these days. I have one of my favorite sayings. 
that these some things in God happen over and over and over again. But they play out in a different time through a different people. You are the people of Genesis 37 today. The story that I'm about to walk you through is the story of the structural church taking on a spiritual form and walking in sonship and discovering who you are. The whole world is being orchestrated in the time that we're in to reveal the sons. It says all of creation cries and groans as with birth pains, crying out for the sons to be revealed. When he said all of creation, that means the living things and the dead things, for he even said even the rocks will cry out if you don't praise me. It says all of creation, think about that. All of creation is crying out. For the sons to walk in the kind of grace, the enablement that the word demands. To me, that means it's so far beyond my natural ability. It's so far above and beyond my natural strength and my own wisdom. It means that I'm going to have to tap in to something fresh in God. I'm going to have to find a place in the Spirit to get up every single morning and approach the day with expectation. It means I'm going to have to change who I am from the structured church of that I'm so comfortable in being in to one that places a demand on our life that causes me to be shown as a son of God, to walk in spiritual places. Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him all the more for it. They already despised it. Joseph was the 11th son. He was one of the youngest and he was Papa's favorite. Gave him a coat of many colors and other things. I at times have experienced that in my life where my father was proud of me for the, something I had accomplished. And oh, how jealousy arises. How jealousy creeps in and bitterness and resentment and anger. Joseph was walking through that. He said to them, listen to my dream I had. To him, it was exciting and real and tangible. And he was hoping to experience it on a right now basis because to him, the word was a rhema word. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood upright. And while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it, I'm not sure how I would have responded. Oh, I'm, I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah, let me worship you as God, the God of our fathers. Who is he? Let's bow down to you, right? So I can begin to understand, right, how the brothers were, um, you know, kind of not real excited about this word that Joseph had as a rainbow word. Some of you have had dreams that have been so real and in living color, and you wake up and you can instantly bear witness that was a message from God. This is what he did. I just read you in Joel chapter 2, 
dreams and visions and signs and wonders. All kinds of things are being poured out in the earth, not because we're anything special, because that's God's Word. That's how He loves on people. That's how He reveals the things that are hidden to people. That's how He makes known the things that He is about to do. Then He had another dream, and He told that one to His brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. (laughs) If you know how to interpret dreams, the sun and the moons were like mom and dad. So now not only the brothers, but mom and dad too? You are whacked, Joseph. I can put myself, I can imagine myself being there in those discussions with he and his brothers and liken it to my own life with my own family and see how it turned out. And I'm like, yeah, Joseph, that will, I, I feel for you, buddy. <laughs> and Joseph's two dreams, rather than experience the mountaintop that he was expecting, because to him it was a right now word, he fully expected like tomorrow or the next day, something would orchestrate, be orchestrated by God. How many promises have you had? How many prophecies have you had where you woke up on a certain day and you were sure that life was going to be different? Meanwhile, ten years later, you're still waiting. He found himself not on a mountaintop. He found himself not being somehow raised up by the Lord. He found himself being thrown into a pit and sold as a slave. He might have thought, this isn't the dream of how it was supposed to play out. How many of you said, when you became a Christian 10, 20, 30 years ago, this isn't how it's supposed to be? I didn't sign up for this. I've had a continuous trial since the day I gave my life to the Lord. One over another. One compounding on the one before it. Some of you can say, yeah, that's me. But you see, there was a reply from God. He said, Joseph, I need you to be in Egypt because that's the location of your destiny. Probably didn't make it any better for him. Joseph, this is the Joseph generation. To know the times and the seasons and having been trained in the midst of adversity, having been rejected and thrown into a pit, sold as a slave, accused and abused by your family and those you trusted the most, placed in a prison, and and to add to all of that, placed in a faraway foreign land. If any of you have ever been in a foreign country where they didn't speak your language and you didn't know the culture, it can be a terrifying experience. I'm not belittling your trials. I'm saying here's a man that believed there was something extraordinary about to happen in his life and rather than it playing out the way he anticipated, it played out very differently. With everything around him now producing the evidence that there was no hope. 
He may never see his family again. But you see, all the while, immediately after God gave him the dream, the beginning of the fulfillment of the prophecy began to play out. You see, God was orchestrating to not only reunite his family, but to touch the world, to demonstrate himself to the world. He was a chosen disciple for sure. He was a foreigner in the nation where he was. And in those days, foreigners didn't come to rule nations unless your nation was being overthrown. So to put a foreigner in charge in a foreign nation was extraordinary. The miracle of God. After 13 years in Joseph's story, can you imagine 13 years separated from your family in one day, not saying goodbye to anyone, thrown in the bottom of the pit from hatred and anger and being despised. So it wasn't a pleasant departure. It was full of anger and hate, wanting revenge. They even killed a small animal, and bloodied his coat and tore it and presented it back to his father, saying, a wild animal has killed your son. After 13 years, Joseph's story, his entire world could change in the twinkling of an eye. When the king of Egypt was troubled by his own dreams, that no one in this king's inner circle, not the magicians or the sorcerers or the wise men, no one could interpret it. Now, if you're a king in one of these nations, uh, such as Egypt, at the time, you had a cabinet that was the best of the best. You had the smartest men. You had the ones that were the best trained. You had the ones with the most skill. Now, skill in magic arts and magicians and not the things of God. But this is what the king relied on. This is where we're going, folks. This is our story. In Genesis 41, he said, In the morning he was worried. The morning of the dream. So he sent for his magicians and the wise men in all of Egypt, and he told them his dreams, but no one could explain them to him. Now this wasn't just a a dream. It was similar to Joseph's dream in that when he awoke, he knew instantly that this was a message. This is one unlike most other dreams that he's had. This is important. If he misses the meaning of this, quite possibly there would be destruction and devastation. And he knew that. But he didn't know how to interpret it in the way to bring it to his natural understanding so he could do something about it. A young Hebrew was there. A slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams and he interpreted them for us. 
that things just turned out just as he has said. He's talking about Joseph being in the slave. Remember the baker that was being put in the, sl- in the thing? He told, they had a, they had a, the cupbearer and the baker had a dream in prison, right? And they were troubled as well. Where they woke up and they were sad the whole day. Joseph was in the prison serving them, right? And Joseph said, why are you so down? You can't be down. I'm threatened by your being down because I'm in charge over what you are, what you're doing. So this particular said, uh, heard about it, and then the king sent for Joseph, and he was immediately brought from the prison. Now those prisons were dark and dirty, and even though they were the king's prison, maybe a little better than the normal lay prisons, it was still a bad place to be. But in one hour, things started to change for Joseph. Such will be the same for you on your day. He was immediately brought from prison, and after he had shaved and clothed and changed his clothes, he came into the king's presence. After Joseph tells the king what is about to happen, the king makes a shocking and unprecedented decree. An amazing event, extraordinary, that God is orchestrating the step-by-step process. I want you to understand, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Your righteousness, your sonship, the way God is revealing and orchestrating your life is being orchestrated precept upon precept. You need to respond to these days. And he said to them, We will never find a better man than Joseph, a man who has God's Spirit in him. Can you imagine a pagan acknowledging that the Spirit of the living God is upon the one you're standing in front of? The king said to Joseph, God has shown you all of this, so it is obvious Obvious that you have the greater wisdom and insight than anyone else. As a son of the living God, where you're about to walk in, you are going to have answers to problems that no one else has. You are being granted wisdom from on high to orchestrate the deliverance of God through other people. The deliverance of other people through God. Folks, we have imagined our lives to be too small. It says, ear, we heard that in the song in worship today. Ear hasn't heard, nor has I seen, nor has it entered in to the heart of man what God, God, is about to do for those he loves. I will put you in charge of my country and all of my people will obey your orders. Your authority will only be second to mine. This is the king stating what is going to happen in moments of time. Your king, your king, Jesus Christ, who has sent the Holy Spirit to teach and train you and remind you of what he has said. Your king is making a decree over you during this season of time. 
And after 13 years, Joseph, a foreigner, a Hebrew, a Hebrew, not an Egyptian, a foreigner, one who didn't fit in, one who was not a member of the king's advisors, not a member of the king's family. He was a prisoner moments before. And in the king's prison was put in authority as governor. He was put in authority as governor over the nation, second to the king. Do you know that you have a destiny to co-reign with Jesus Christ? That means you carry the exact same authority that he does because he gave it to you. When he ascended on high, he declared the fivefold ministry was now broken into pieces, and you get to shoulder some of that ministry. Not the wholeness of it, not, not, a, not the significant piece, but each member of the body of Christ supplying every joint and every need of the bride of Christ as one of the sons of the living God. Amen? Governor over the nation, second only to the king himself. This is your story. This is what's unfolding in a place called Praise Chapel in Tabernacles 2023. Do you understand the commission that you're receiving in a time such as this? You're making history. The seven years of plenty in the land of Egypt are enjoyed and came to an end. And then the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph said. There was a famine in every other country, but there was food in Egypt. So this was not a localized famine. This was a global famine. It says every other country. I started off this message by saying these times are unprecedented and he's accelerating the season that we're in with signs and wonders on a global scale. There isn't a nation on the face of the earth that hasn't been touched in the last several months by threats of war, by nuclear disaster, by fires, by famine, by things hard to get, by resources of the rains and floods of hurricanes and storms. There isn't a nation on the face of the earth that hasn't been touched. But there was, a f there was food in Egypt. God has already prophesied in this feast. You don't need to worry about the things coming because I love you and I will take care of you. And one of the hidden messages in this feast that hasn't been said yet, and I'll release it because I feel the anointing to, is for the man who stores up the treasure in his own barn and doesn't use that to build the kingdom of God, that man will suffer loss. Today in our time, the true bread from heaven can only come from the sons who know their God. The governments of this world won't be able to identify or carry out God's plan. For the wisdom of God is foolishness to men. And the natural man can't know the things of the Spirit because they're spiritually discerned. But you're being raised up. 
It's not true for you. You're being raised up as one of the sons to know the times and the seasons, to know how to read the signs of heaven, to know how to hear his voice in signs and wonders and uh, all the things that Joel prophesied. Afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. And also upon the servants and the maidservant, your house is intentionally blessed of God because of your sonship and you walking in the authority of Christ Jesus for the great and the terrible day of the Lord. Now the seven more years of famine, the family of Jacob is now reunited with him in Egypt. And not only that, they're given the best of the best. God intends you to have the best of the best. If there's something in God to be released, the sons of God are the recipients. But as Joseph's day, God is raising up sons who have been trained up through adversity and who are being healed from rejection. Amen? They're being healed from false mindsets, false judgments, false agreements, influences from false governments. You see, the sons are discovering their true identity and the laying aside of their own selfish desires and forsaking the fleshly mindset and embracing the spiritual gifts of God. That's what this feast is about. It's about us recognizing the difference between the soul and the spirit and walking by the Spirit, for the sons of God walk by the Spirit of God. And this season that we're in, just like every, the walk of the feasts, when they came out of Egypt, they were supposed to learn to trust God, move whenever He moved with a pillar of fire in the cloud. They were supposed to just obey They were supposed to be able to trust God fully into the place where we're going has all the provisions that we need, even if it's further into the desert. Because God can make water come out of a rock. They were supposed to learn obedience. They were supposed to learn trust. They were supposed to worship in the midst of adversity. They were supposed to be the called out ones, the ecclesia who demonstrated the power and the authority of God and His love. Amen? These are the ones who take up the sword of the Spirit, the very Word of God, and are releasing it and seeing the shift in the world around them. Folks, your vision's way too small for some of you. You think, well, if my daughter or my son could just come to the Lord, Or if I could just get a better job or pay off my mortgage or pay off this or if I could just retire. If I could do this or that. You are called to shake the heavens. You are called to minister to thousands. You are called to carry the kind of authority that the Son of God is is co-reigning with the Bride of Christ. And everything that happened in the book of Acts It should be the acts of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. 
Because there are miracles and signs and wonders where a group of people agreed, we've met the living God. We've met Jesus Christ. And we're beginning to understand our destiny. We're beginning to understand the prophecies because He sent the Holy Spirit in the way that He said He was going to to remind us of the things past, present, and future. Knowing how to release the very rhema Word of God and be the answer to the cry of the hunger providing deliverance. This generation will know how to intercede and change the events both in personal lives and on a national and global scale. Did you know that the power in you has the ability to affect nations? Isn't that extraordinary? When I pray to my God and He gives me the grace to walk it out, He is an extraordinary God that is beyond any human love. But you know, without love, it's impossible to please Him. It's impossible to do anything. Doing this by understanding how to navigate the high heavenly spiritual places. Some of you are going to discover new spiritual places. You're going to discover the courts of heaven. They're real. They're tangible. It's a place. It's a place where you go and plead your case or somebody else's case, and your adversary's there. You're going to learn how to navigate spiritual places. You're going to learn how to go into the throne room of God where the 24 elders are. Why are the 24 elders there? Because they're given dominion and authority over the nations. And you're called to the nations. You're going to know how to go into these places and act as a son of God in all of the respect and honor those places require of you. But you're also going to plead the case by the blood of Jesus Christ. And in certain places where the one that you are representing is absolutely guilty, and deserving of death. Because of your intercession and the blood of Jesus Christ, the Father, the the Judge, the Eternal Judge, stamps the decree not guilty and cancels the penalty through the blood of Jesus Christ. These are the thrones and the governments that are ruled from the, represents the true governments of God. This is the place where the sons know how to look into heavenly things and understand their working because Jesus said the sons will walk by the Spirit and not by sight. Jesus also said to pray as it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. That means that the sons are going to be able to see from a different perspective. There are things going on in heaven that you need to know about. You need to understand. Mysteries that haven't been revealed yet. The things that are revealed belong to men, but the things that are hidden belong to God. God doesn't intend on hiding those things forever. He wants to release them with all the passion of His heart to a capable and full-grown son. You don't give an AR-15 to a child. 
We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. Amen? Luke 8, 5. For the seed that is being sown today is like the seed of the sower who went out to sow. Some fell by the wayside. Some fell by the rock. Some fell among thorns. All of that seed eventually didn't come to fruition. But other seed fell among good ground and produced some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Folks, I encourage you with all of that I can encourage you. Remember the days that you're walking in. Make note of them. Rehearse them. When the days come, Jesus himself said, trials will come. Offenses will come. But let your anchor of these days be the anchor of your soul. 1 Corinthians 2.9, he says, Eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. And that is why we need each other all of us seeking the Holy Spirit. There is a unity coming in the bride of Christ, the sons of God, unlike any other time. Because we're, both, we're all humbling ourselves. We're all repenting. We heard the trumpet call. We walked through atonement. We know it's not of ourselves. It's because of His love and His grace and His mercy that empowers us to do what His Word demands. Amen? 2 Chronicles 7.14, as I close. If my people... Sorry, Bridget. Ah, that's a hard one. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. The anxious thoughts, the depression, the belittling, the separation that you've been in, that's your land. That's what's been given to you. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in that place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple. Do you not know that you are the temple of the living God? I have consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will always be there. 1 Peter 5, 6, Humble yourselves under the mind.